I'm Shivani Gupta. Namaste, everyone. Welcome to The Wealthy Podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can have in this life is to focus on your wellness, or as I like to call it, to become wealthy. Get inspired, challenged, and transformed. Today, I have an amazing guest with me who has had a very successful career in strategic sales and unique out-of-the-box thinking and solutions. She's got a love for great coffee, delicious, nutritious food and enthusiasm for cycling. In fact, she's been out for a cycle just before our podcast recording today. Um, She's into running, she's into Pilates and she has got this fabulous new cool concept for a coffee shop. She's based in Houston, um, and this business is called Active Passion. She's the self-proclaimed Chief Energetic Officer, and there are so many fun and interesting ways to encourage everybody to be more active and provide a space for unique amenities and services, including amazing coffee, to bring the, um, the community together. Welcome, Linda. Well, thank you, Shivani. Yeah, and um, as I said to you earlier, it's great. I feel energized by the fact that I actually went on a ride this morning. So your timing is perfect to have this conversation because it's not going to be one of those wah, 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 flat things. I actually have energy. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're living up to your name of Chief Energetic Officer in this business. Before we talk about this amazing concept that you've come up with, Linda, tell me a little bit about your journey. Um, I guess a bit of a combination of your business and your personal journey. And... um, Sometimes the things that happen in our life are really positive and other times they're not so positive. Um, and they, but they transform us into who we are. So tell us a little bit about, you know, um, those positive and not so positive moments in your life. Yeah, sure. So I think um, certainly if I think about a big moment that has led me to where I am right now was, um, uh, as you can tell, I'm not originally from Houston, although that's where I live right now, unless some people think that this is a Houstonian accent. Um, I'm originally from South Africa, and um, I had the misfortune of being carjacked on two separate occasions at gunpoint. So not something that I would recommend to anybody um, as an activity for sure, but certainly something that changed my life in more than one way. And I think the big thing was for me to make the decision that I didn't want to live somewhere that I was dictated by, because I'm a very independent person and I felt like that was taking my independence away because I became scared of everything. Um, so the hunt started to, to relocate and um, that was a journey in and of itself. And I think I have told you as well that I could write a book on how not to do it and we could have a good laugh about it now at the time it wasn't very funny but now it's really really funny and it makes it for a comical episode um but I think that certainly led me to making some additional decisions and um about you know where I would live and what I would do for a living and um but that then led to other things that, you know, you map out this absolute perfect map in your head and then life has other plans. <laughs> so um, went from there and landed up, I was going to the US and was always coming to the US um, to do, to be relocated. And long story short, our company was bought out and I landed up in, in Canada. Um, 
and again, was delighted to be in a new country and forging ahead. And then uh, the company that I worked for pulled out of Canada and I had a work permit. So I was there on a work permit. And when I spoke to the then executive at the company, they said, sorry, mate, you're on your own. And I was like, okay, I have no means to earn any money. I am the breadwinner because my husband wasn't working. And I just sat there and went, well, what do I do? I mean, I'm not legally allowed to work. Anyway, very, very long and boring story short, um, I landed up getting a job and getting through all the interviews. And then, and I specifically looked for an international company. And then basically in my final interview said, oh, and by the way, I need you to sponsor my work permit. <laughs> and um, they said, oh, no problem. We do it all the time. We're an international company. No, no harm, no foul. Um, so that was kind of an interesting exercise and certainly a opportunity for me to realize that, you know, whatever life throws your way, it's how you react to it that actually makes the difference. Because I could have just gone, oh, well, I'm done. But I think the driving factor was the fact that I absolutely knew for a fact I didn't want to go back to South Africa. So it was okay. That's not an option. What are your other options? Yeah. So that was a biggie for me too. <clears throat> Um, anyway, then I landed up working for a company that um, relocated me to the United States, which is where I wanted to be all along. So I was very happy about that. And then I was heading towards my milestone 50th birthday. And I had always worked for corporate. I had one um, side gig that I went into a small business with family that was an absolute disaster for lots of reasons. <laughs> and I learned lots of lessons from it. Um, but I get, did get a little taste of entrepreneurship, and that was exciting to me. I was like, hmm, maybe that's something that I should do. Anyway, so I went and I, I decided that because I was you know, going for this uh, milestone of my 50th birthday, that I wanted to do something fun and exciting. And I always think that the whole bucket list for me has such a negative connotation because it's like you're chasing death. You, you want to beat death and do these things before you die. So I invented this thing. Um, called my 50 and 50 list. So I made a list of 50 things and there were a range of all sorts of things that I wanted to do in and around my 50th birthday. And I think of significance to where I am today were um, like the top four things were I wanted to be the fittest, healthiest, strongest and sexiest I've ever been. And I thought that was quite an interesting thing heading to my 50th. And then the fifth thing on the list was, so, and then figure out what I want to do and what I have a passion for and do that for a living. And that's basically led me to starting my own business. That's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, the moment that you started to share of getting, you know, hijacked at gunpoint, not once, but twice, and how some of those decisions that become so transformational in terms of now you're living in the States and being able to realise that next part of your journey around your vision. I think that's, that's amazing. And you might have partly, I guess, answered this question, particularly from that particular example. But, you know, when things come your way, Linda, like that are really challenging, and obviously being held at gunpoint is, a, you know, probably one of the most challenging things somebody could experience. And maybe you could talk a little bit 
about that in terms of how you handle that, but also other challenges that come. Now you're, you know, in the process of setting this, um, this amazing business um, and you've taken that risk of stepping off that corporate uh, wagon into entrepreneurship, which has got so many amazing things and then so many challenging things that go with it. But do you have a process or a methodology or a system? Like what do you do when things come your way that are super challenging? How do you go about actually dealing with it? So I think, in all honesty, a lot of it is instinctual, and I and I and I do trust my in instincts a lot. And when I don't, oh my goodness, do they bite me on the butt? So, um, and I have found that one of my big instincts, you know, we have the fight or flee. Um, unfortunately, my fight is much much stronger than my flee. So I generally tend to do that. And it's funny, you know, when you when you talk about the the carjacking incident, and I mean, I have no problem talking about it. I uh, I have had lots of time to deal with it, and it it's not I'm not traumatized by it anymore. It's one of those experiences that I had, and I actually try and use it when I'm talking to people that who have actually experienced really bad things in their lives to kind of normalize some of that stuff. So. So the first time was interesting because when they carjacked me the first time, um, I immediately, they got my car and off they went. And I immediately jumped up, ran into a neighbor's house, picked up the telephone, called my credit card company and stopped all my credit cards, called my cell phone company and stopped my cell phone because of course they had everything. Um, my um, husband drove, actually was coming down the road about almost 10 minutes after this whole incident, which was very good timing because if he had to come in while they had me down on the ground at gunpoint, I, I mean, I don't know what would have happened. And it was interesting because, you know, girlfriends and, and myself had always chatted about if anything had to happen to you, what would you do? And I mean, you talk about it, but I honestly don't think you know until you're physically in the situation. And um, all I can remember when I was in this situation the first time around is when the guy said to me, because in, in a lot of the cars in those days, they had anti-carjacking devices, so it would automatically come on. And the, the carjackers got very, very wise to that. So they would sometimes take people with them in the car. And the guy had me by the arm and he had a gun in the other hand and he said to me, get in the car. And it was like, I mean, as easy as you and I sitting here chatting to one another, as clear as daylight that in my mind I was like you're gonna to have to shoot me to get me back in this car and I made a decision I just went down on my knees and I said don't take the car anyway and um, they did and they went off and 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 I went and saw a counselor because everybody told me that I needed to go for counseling and I was absolutely fine and the counselor said to me Linda you don't need any help because it's you know one you're done you 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 dealt with it um you know, even to the point where I said to my husband, we need to go to my mom and dad's house. They need to see that I'm okay. I don't want to shock them over the telephone. And I was absolutely fine. And, and really, I mean, had no issues afterwards, no kind of, you know, anything as a negative effect other than it was an experience and it wasn't a great experience. The second time around, it freaked me out more and they didn't get the call because my fight mode kicked in big time. So in South Africa, a lot of people stay in gated communities and in both occasions it happened in the gated community. And the second time around, I tried to get out, but I couldn't because of the way the gates work. But I landed up honking my horn and people ran out of their houses and it scared these guys off and they went. But in my mind, because I absolutely think it was the same guys because the MO was identical. In my mind, it was like, oh no, I've now pissed these guys off. They're going to come back for me. 
And that's the story that I created in my own mind. So I was having night terrors. I was having, uh, I'd wake up in an absolute cold sweat. I wouldn't go anywhere. And I never, I've never had a nine to five job. And so my husband had to come and pick me up for work, which of course, for Little Miss Independence, yeah, that was absolutely killing me. So yeah, it was just, it, it was, you know, something that really got to me. And I went for counseling and, 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 and had a number of sessions. And one of the, the counselors that helped me incredibly spoke about your inner child and how you have to, you know, tell your inner child, you're okay, you've got your back. And I actually even use that today in terms of how I, I deal with very stressful situations. If I do get into something that's, that's stressful, I'll actually say, okay, hold on a sec. So how much of this is my inner child, like just scared because I'm scared? And how much of this is like a rational thought process to say, you should be afraid? And, you know, kind of have that conversation with myself. So that is something that I certainly, uh, you know, lean on in terms of what I learned through that whole process. Although that was an extreme version of what I, you know, I experienced now, I still find it very, very useful to, to be able to, to pull on that experience. Yeah. That's incredible, Linda. I mean, I know when people sometimes, you know, people say, look, the most traumatic thing that's happened to me, I've spoken to people, I've spoken to uh, a woman that I was mentoring, and that was about 20 years ago, um, previous to our conversation. And it was some, still something that caused her quite a lot of uh, trauma. And so I'm not sure whether the word is brave or just the way that you've processed that because you've not only been through it once but twice, and just the decisions that you made around that. I'm just quite inspired by um, your process of dealing with that, but also what you've done since. So now if we move on to future aspirations, tell us a little bit about this business. I mean, there's so many businesses. You had a little dive into being an entrepreneur with another business and you talked about how, what do they say? That there's no failures, there are only lessons in terms of when we, when we go through life, but also particularly as an entrepreneur, there's, there's no failures, only lessons. So tell us a little bit about this particular business and why you landed on this business. And then, and what are some of your future aspirations with this particular business? Sure thing. So, yeah, I, it, it's interesting how it came about as a culmination of things. So I have uh, slowly but surely over time, I became more and more and more of a coffee snob, if you will. Um, I used to, Starbucks used to be my absolute thing. And I know that if the majority of your listeners are in Australia, they are freaking out right now because Aussies are so big about coffee and Starbucks is not considered good coffee. So, and I know that now and I apologize in advance. Um, but I started, I actually started to taste artisanal coffee from little coffee shops. And I was like, wow, there's such a big difference here. And there's, there's really good coffee because in South Africa, I was brought up on instant coffee and that's what we drank. That was it, you know, and I mean, um, as an adult, I got introduced to like a little Italian coffee shop and their coffee was amazing. So didn't have much experience with that, but slowly but surely started to, to you know, develop my palate for really good coffee. And, and I'll never forget, I was on actually on vacation in Australia, in Cairns, and I saw a, a, um, a, uh, it was a bus um, bench. And it had a, a sign up on the side and it said, life's too short to drink bad coffee. And I'll never forget that. And that is, I don't even know how many years ago. And I cracked up laughing. I was like, that is so true. That is absolutely true. So 
my coffee love like evolved over time and just exposing myself to different and I think the whole artisanal coffee uh, environment has boomed you know in terms of all over the world and I've tried really great coffees in a number of places and in my you know, 1550s list about what am I passionate about um, I think for me getting to that whole fittest strongest that I'd ever been um, I've always been on and off again, you know, training. So I will run and then I'll ride my bike and I'll do all sorts of things. Um, but this one was like the consistency and the, the sense of self and, and, and being and everything else that it gave me. I was like, this is just nothing that I've experienced. I feel so good about me. And this is so something for me. And then I was like, okay, so how do I share that with other people? And also, where do I share it with other people? Because, I mean, you know, they have this theory that animals sweat, men perspire, and women glow. I be 100% animal because I don't do any of those things. When I work out, I am dripping. And, of course, living in Houston with the humidity that there is here is just mind-blowing. So I was like, you know, I come back from a ride, and I'm looking for a good place to have a cup of coffee. And then I stop and I go, this is gross. If I sit down at a, on a chair and there's a wet mark on the chair, the poor person that comes in after me, so I feel uncomfortable. And then the food that they had on offer would always be, you know, a delicious butter croissant that was 600 calories. And I was like, no, I've just burned 1,800 calories on a ride. I want something nutritious and something more filling than that. Anyway, so long <laughs> process of... So what would my ideal place be and how could I actually do it? it led me to creating Active Passion and said, okay, so we need a place that welcomes people. And I use the whole tagline of, you know, where you feel as comfortable in your workout wear as you do in workwear. Because a lot of times people feel uncomfortable when they go into a place when they're not, you know, in the, like a pair of jeans and, and, and a t-shirt. It's like, well, I mean, work up here. How, you know, how do I fit into this whole thing? So that was the idea. And then also having a very big focus on, on food and, and nutrition that would help you. But first of all, that tastes good. Because I always laugh when people say to me, so is it good for you or does it taste good? And it's like, why does there have to be a difference? If you told me I had to eat boiled chicken, boiled broccoli every day, I would not eat. I'm a foodie. I love food. So the idea was to have that balance of something that really tastes good and also is good for you. And then a comfortable place that's got all sorts of amenities. So we've got secure bike racks where you can lock your bike up so that you can actually enjoy a cup of coffee without worrying about your how many ever thousands of dollars bike being you know picked up by some passer buyer um, and then we've got bot water bottle refill stations and we're going to have some very cool in this coffee shop um, professional bike fittings and we do, we'll do little challenges on Strava and to help the community get more more um active and one of the big things which is it blows my mind because i mean i've done park run in number of countries around the world and it's so not big in the united states which makes me scratch my head for such a big country it's such an unknown thing so i've got the park run to give me the go ahead to actually start a park run that's just a stone throw away from my store as well so that we can because that's such a community driven you know you can walk your dog you can walk with your stroller you can do whatever because the idea is not just to have a place where people that are already active can go but people that are intimidated and want to be active but don't necessarily know how to 
can can come as well. And then we're going to have an, a, a calendar that's going to be full of how-tos and what do I do next and why should I stretch? Why should I, you know, do strength training? What are the things I should eat and shouldn't eat? Those kinds of things as well. So that's how the whole thing came together. It was basically out of a need that I had for myself and thought, well, how do we extend this to, to other people? And I kind of used a couple of people at sounding boards and they were like, where is this place? We want to go. I was like, okay, so it's not such a terrible idea. I think that is amazing. The first thing is, I so agree with you, life is too short to have a bad coffee. Um, and I, I love the fact that that came from an inspiration. We might have to name this podcast. That might be the title of our podcast on this one. <laughs> Life's too short to have a bad coffee and talk about that. I also think, you know, anything that I'm watching, uh, Linda talks about, you know, some of the obesity issues around the world and diabetes around the world. And it is so true. Um, you know, I look at our school systems, I look at sports is probably the worst. So, you know, my kids are playing both sports on the weekend and both of them at the end of their game want something and what, what's available in the fridge, lots of uh, sugary soft drinks and uh, lots of hot chips, lots of candy and, um, you know, sugary treats. So I think there is a real big need for it. And I I think once you've launched your first one, I think the second one should be in Australia, right around the corner from my house, because I can see such a big need for it. You're so right that when you want to do that and go out for a nice coffee, you know, how do you do that um, and, and be able to have something healthy and nutritious, which is awesome. That's amazing. Um, and um, I've been following you on social for a little bit. So where's the best place to be able to follow you and look at this development? Because you're not very far away from opening and some of those photos and videos look incredible so if people wanted to follow your journey before this place opens and obviously if you're in Houston and you are listening you so need to get to this place it looks incredible what's the best place for us to follow you yeah so on all three mediums on Instagram Facebook and we actually launched our web page just over a week ago so we now have a website too and we will have an online store as well um, on all of those three platforms, it's my active passion. So as easy as that, at hashtag and www. And it's just, it doesn't look anything like a normal cafe. So if you want to be a little bit inspired, have a look in terms of what Linda's doing too. Now let's switch back to your wellness, Linda. So tell us a little bit about what you do for your wellness. I know you've just had... Uh, a bike ride, you've talked about running, um, as we talked about in your intro, and Pilates and other things. So, but you know, are there other things that you do around your wellness? Do you have other rituals? Is it mainly physical? Do you do other things? Tell us a little bit about how you stay wealthy. Yeah, so I think for me, it is mainly the physical side, but those physical components provide completely different things to me. So, cycling is a very, you've got to be aware, because unfortunately, I don't know about where you guys live, but in Houston, car uh, motorists are horrible around cyclists. So you, it's all you've got to be very aware of your surroundings, which is a good thing because it actually makes you aware of your surroundings in other situations too, which is interesting. It's kind of one of those carried on on skills that you get. For me, running, I can solve world hunger when I'm running because it's one foot in front of the other, and you don't have to think about anything. It's kind of okay. So. Um, and I actually ran through my divorce too. So it was a way that I used to cope with going through a divorce as well. So it, it, it has a lot of benefits, but it also gives you a lot of time to think. And sometimes I love, 
I love that. You didn't say I ran from my divorce. You said I ran through my divorce. Correct. <laughs> um, so I think that sometimes I've got to steer away from running because I can get too much in my own head and it's very easy to get sucked into that when you are running because it's not a hell of a lot else you need to do. Um, and then Pilates for me is a overall thing because it's very focused on the strength part of it and you've got to be present because again, you know, you, you, you follow an instruction and I do one-on-one -on -one, um, with a, a trainer and it makes me feel completely different to anything else. So those three things together provide very different kinds of things um, for me in terms of what I get from both a mental and a, a physical um, perspective. And then when all else fails, chocolate. <laughs> that was not something I was expecting you to say. Because you imagine somebody, you know, who's really into fitness and well-being going, and if nothing else works, chocolate. I think that's, that's awesome. Everybody's got to have a vice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that some people do some of that mental work through meditation, but it almost sounds like when you're running, when you're doing some of that exercise, it also clears your head and allows you to really tap into other things. So that exercise and the physical part really, really works for you to be able to. Yeah. And um, how far are we from opening? Big, deep breath here. Um, it's looking like we will be doing our soft opening on the 1st of October. So... It's just around the corner. It's been a very long time coming. And I, every now and again, when I go into the store and see where we're at, I have to pinch myself to make sure that I'm not dreaming. But yes, it, the 1st of October looks like the soft opening. That's incredible. Um, for those of you that missed that a few minutes ago when Linda shared it, she's on quite a few social platforms like Insta and, and Facebook. Follow My Active Passion. And if somebody wanted to just, um, you know, get in contact with you, the best way is probably a WhatsApp, um, uh, Linda? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I just wish you all the best for the opening. I think it's incredible that you are opening this irrespective of everything that's happening around the world and of all the places in the world right now. The fact that you're bringing some positivity to people through COVID um, and opening things and and having exercise, which is probably one of the best things that we can do through managing some of our stress at the moment and park runs and everything. I just think I'm so inspired at the end of this podcast and just wish you all the best and thank you for taking time. I know it's fairly late in Houston as we're recording this and really, really appreciate you and uh, for being on this podcast today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, I'm extremely excited and energized by this whole um, situation. And I sincerely hope we're going to be able to do some positive things during COVID as well, because I think everybody needs it. We are, you know, I think the whole, everybody around the world, it's a common shared thing that we need the, 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 the interaction with other human beings and some way to actually you know, be active and get out there because um, I think people are starting to realize that our health is something that we can't take for granted. Thank you so much, Linda. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to The Wealthy Podcast. Thank you for listening. Follow Wealthy on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you haven't yet, go to the Opera Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Namaste. Namaste.